personal power, people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. Is that when you talk to uh, Jerome Lawson and somebody who was incarcerated, and people always hear a lot of times, I have buddies of mine, they worked up at Attica Prison. Now they're dealing with a whole different Ooh. crew there. <laughs> it's not Jerome style stuff. But with you, there's it's important to have that because the whole idea is to to build you up, get you productive back in society. No one wants to be in there. And now you're doing this great thing. I mean, it's right. incredible. So, you know, curing violence in the inner city, and especially where you grew up, and how profound it is, is like you're like, hey, you know, Bob, I didn't play any sports until I was incarcerated, but something good came out of that. What would The one thing that came out of that that was good, so now we could be given back to community and mentally, it makes us much better, all of us in the community, too, to know that Jerome's out there. Somebody who lived it is now given back and able to try to see what he could do to help cure some of this violence. Right. So what was that one element you think you got out of being incarcerated that you wanted to bring back out in society again and say, look, I'm going to help out? <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing that you brought that up because I was praying the other night and because uh, I'm biblically based. Right. You know, I don't, I'm not necessarily a Christian. I'm biblically based though. Like my whole thing is Bible based. Um, but I embrace Hebrew, Hebrewism. So one thing I was thinking about was conviction, right? And a lot of people aren't familiar. Some people should, most people should be with the spirit. They call it the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But before we had the Holy Spirit, we had the law. And the Bible says the law was the school teacher. And I was just like, conviction the law was meant if you break the law now you're convicted right mm-hmm. now when you talk about in the mindset of a man or woman anybody conviction has to drive you to do what's right and then we have the spirit now which basically is a constant conviction it's a teacher as well but conviction was just to let you know that it was either right or wrong so when I was in prison I was heavily convicted to come back out and basically share a message to people that was going down the path that I was going down. Because I don't think a lot of people got the severity of what it meant to be locked up and incarcerated. Like, it's more than just going to jail or prison. You lose your freedom. You lose your citizenship. You lose relationships. You miss out on life. You know, my mom, she was sick through the whole ordeal. I lost my grandma. I lost a couple of other family members. It's just the whole process of what it is to be 16, year old, 16 years old in a prison system. People have to understand that process of how it affects a person. And I was just telling Miss Pam about that. Like, we have to really face the giants. Like, we got this issue with banning the box on applications. Why we fight so hard to ban a box when we could just tell the people, change your policies to give people a job. There you go. It sounds so simple, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and we fighting and spending money on band the box and do this. No, if you say you want me to be productive and give back and be a citizen again, change the things that create the obstacles for me. You're in the power to do it. And that brings about the big question, one word question, why? Why did we stop doing certain things? Why did we stop giving people the option to go to the military rather than prison? Why did we stop it? Was it, it wasn't costing us money. It wasn't hurting anybody. Why? 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 And I'm like, I don't want to deal with anybody unless they're willing to face those truths. 
I don't want to walk around things and tiptoe around things. Let's just be organically honest. Even if you don't like it, let's just be real about it because that's what's going to change these people in our community. Back to your point, that conviction drove me to say, I don't care what the cost is. I believe in God, and I walk in that power, and I don't try to step on nobody's toes. I just want to let these young people know that you can get the money without the prison chances or the death chances. Let's accomplish the same thing you want minus the casualties in prison time. And, you know, the degree of, of somebody who did it, because when you, you, what brought you in your incarceration? What was the, the one thing? And I mean, we don't have to get into a lot of detail, but oh, it was, yeah, what, what was your, what, why did you go to prison? Oh, I went to prison for armed robbery and aggravated assault. Okay. Um, and it's that something, when you think of it, it's, you could, like you, you could turn your life around from that. And, and it's, it, of course, it's not something, I mean, um, you, you're now in a position that you you got to that position. What do you think made that happen? What Was it the guys you were hanging out with? Did you feel like you were missing something in your life? And what we could do to these kids today that are doing something similar or killing one another right. because we have such a high rate of death among our inner city kids. And unfortunately, many of them are, 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 are young kids that are in the inner cities. In our case, it's there's particular places in South Columbus but it affects everybody as a whole. And I think that's where people got to understand. It's a community thing. It affects everybody. everybody. Right. And it's not just, oh, it's a South Columbus's problem. No, it's not. It becomes everybody's. Inherently, this is a this is a problem for us all, and we have to work together on it. So the kids that are going down that path where you went down, what, what do you think was it? What was that one thing that happened to you that maybe you could see within these other kids? Well, I, you know, first of all, I think it was divine. You know, I think... God literally said, hey, I'm pulling you out so I can condition you to put you back in. You know, I can't take credit, you know, for it being any process of my own. Um, I tell people all the time, if you genuinely want to help people, you have to give everything you can to understand how that person is the way they are. Like people say, oh, I wonder why these kids Mm -hmm. are doing this. Why are they doing it? If all you see is this type of behavior. That's what you're going to exhibit. That's just the reality of it. And it's, would you say that's what happened to you? Would yeah, you say in happen, a sense it happened yeah, to you? Yeah. yeah that, I, mean, I mean, coming up, that's what I saw. You know, I I, I love my dad. My, me and my dad got an awesome relationship. My stepdad raised me because my real dad left. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is they stay three blocks away from each other now. Oh, <laughs> and it's got to be kidding. Like, uh, that's not something. Yeah. That's not coincidence. So I go and see, and I got two little brothers too as well, and uh, they look up to me. But when I look back in my life, it's like my all I, I see my dad drinking. I seen him selling dope. You know, um, normal. It's like normal. that's that's supposed to. Yeah, it's, it's nothing like oh, you can go to jail for that. No, this is normal. And then I turn around and I see my mom doing the drugs. Mm-hmm. So it's like then when you go to school, it's like I see the young kids selling the drugs and we out there hustling, doing our thing. We didn't have nobody that came to us and said, "Hey, man, you can be somebody in your life." We had we had came we had people come to us and say, "Hey, man, huh? huh you make a hundred, keep twenty five, give me the other seventy five. There you go. We was conditioned. And and how can you blame somebody for being conditioned and they had no control of it? It's like blaming a child for being uh, not being 15 when he's 10. You know, you can't point. expect yeah. them to be something that you're not taught to be. And I told, and I was telling my wife this, as a married couple, addressing some of the issues that we deal with, I said, baby, I can't be mad or upset 
about something you was never taught and vice versa. But what will upset me is that if we're not willing to put forth the effort to be better once we learn how to do better, right? It's like turning away. Like I always say, I mean, this is some, I had a pastor tell me this before, that people say they're born again. Well, if you already knew Christ, how can you be born again? You're just re-crucifying the situation again. It would be right. re-crucifying Christ when you can just ask for forgiveness right. and, and just do better and and, uh, and and move forward, you know, right. and, and that's that's what I, I would say Christianity is all about. I mean, and you're, you're a spiritual guy, and I could see that, and that, that really helped a lot. You regained that in, in prison, it sounds like. Did you kind of get that study, or did you, yeah, you're surrounded yeah. by, yeah. I, um, uh, I met a Catholic guy in prison. He gave me a concordance. To one, to, to one Catholic to another. Uh, there you he, go, you're singing my tune. He gave, <laughs> he gave me a concordance, and he was yeah. like, this will really help you with your studies. And I started mm-hmm. breaking the words now in the Hebrew and the Greek text. And it opened up, you know, but I had to become spiritual to get it. And yeah, you can't life. just do it right. The concordance is a great tool really for anyone right. out there. I've, I've used it to understand Hebrew, Greek, the translation or transliteration right. and, and the, the transver, the transverb. And because and, there's a lot of stuff you wouldn't know without yeah. that. I, and, but it's there. Yes. Yeah, it's there. It's translate, then transliterate. Yeah. You know, and I tell people the difference. When you translate something, you change it. But when you transliterate something, you keep it in a fashion that it still represents what you changed it from. You get what right. I'm saying? Exactly. So, Perfectly. Well said. And, and yeah. when I read that, and I tell a lot of people now, even the Bible says that, you know, to people who aren't spiritual, spiritual things are going to confuse them. Yeah. So yeah. I can't speak spiritual to somebody who don't have the spirit in them. And 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 I'm and I'm always praying, like, Lord, lead me in the direction you need me to go whoever you need me to speak to, I'm, I can't try to cherish my life. And Christ said that, you know, if you value your life, you're not worthy to follow after me. And that's where we got to be. Men have to get back to the point where if our young children are fearless mm-hmm. in what they're doing, we have to be fearless in our effort to save our community. We're not going to stop all the violence because violence has been a part of our existence forever. Mm-hmm. But what we have to understand is we have to be ready for the ones who are willing to come out of that way of life. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. They have to go through that process of us reindoctrinating them of something better than what they've experienced. Because if you go out here to an eight-year-old and he can make a thousand dollars in a week, you can't you can't promote education to him. He's focused on I can get money. And money's solving my problems right now. Not your messages, not your hope. Money right now is solving my problems because my mom, she's doing it by herself. I got other siblings. So if I can make this money and help my mom's situation, I don't want to hear what you got to say. That I mean, you that is the most salient, germane point of this whole thing. I, and, and I think that applies to everybody because – it's a buddy of mine in Vegas who fell in love with a stripper. True story. If he hears this, he, I'm not going to say his name, but mm-hmm. he'll, he'll know who I'm talking about. And we told him, you ain't going to change her. She's used to making five grand a year at that time, five grand a week. It's right. probably more now. And she was using drugs, but she didn't want to do it anymore. He took her in his house, and guess what? She ended up with the house. She got pregnant. But the long story was that she went back to her lifestyle he was able to get a quarter through fighting, and after he got kicked out of his own home because he drove, he got so mad he, he he, he spit on her, which is still a, a, a fel- it's a felony in, in Nevada. You can't do that because it's abuse. 
So he got kicked out. He's living in downtown Las Vegas in a terrible motel, but he finally got everything back with lots of money and legal fees and everything else. But you just can't change that element, as you're saying. So cure, how does cure transliterate, as you just said, you, I'm going to call you the seed planter, if I may. (laughs) You're planting seeds. You give, give the credit to God and he's watering it. But as the person like you, how do you cure that? Because you, you made a good point. You're right. You cannot change that. You, you, there's no way. So are you just throwing a couple words out, saying a prayer and getting it? But how does cure come in? How does the program come in to at least change that one child or maybe pull them in so we can show them there's a better way? Well, okay. I'm glad you asked that um, because, you know, each scenario is different. And when I go out, I'm just thankful that a lot of people know me through my food truck. Oh, that's great. I used to take my food truck to the strip club on weekends for like three years. And I've never had an incident. Like I was out there by myself to like five in the morning. People would call me from other clubs like, stay there, I'm coming. I never got robbed or anything. And anytime something would happen, people would come and say, hey, you know, we're about to go down. You might want to. They would get, give me that option of, hey, you know, Remove your truck. So, like, you got a heads up. Yes. A nod. Isn't that something? I believe that. It's so protection. I was like, Lord, thank you for that. But it also motivated me. Like, Jeremiah, he was like, don't be dismayed in front of the people now. Or I will dismay you in front of them. Like, mm-hmm. whatever he puts in you, you got to follow that. Yeah. If you, if you ignore this, the, 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 the you, you, you got somebody to use it. The Holy Spirit worked in that way, right. as you said. And, and and guided you to do that. That that's remarkable mm. for that. And and uh, and is it that you're leading by example with cure? Because the Department of Public Health is involved in this program, and you're you're out there. You were incarcerated at 16. Mm-hmm. You got out of uh, prison. What? How old were you? I was 26. 26. Ten years. Oh, way to go, brother! I'm telling you. And you came out great. I mean, you really did. I mean, you're a good story with this because I of what you're some- doing. I, you know, when I got out, I did, I wasn't always, <laughs> a guy told me, man, it's kind of like, and I learned this from prison. I did a lot of studying and meditating when I was in there. It's like a soldier going to military and you get trained. No matter how much training, when you get out there in the field. So now you're in the field. Yeah. You have to process your training because no matter how much training you get, it's nothing like the real thing. That's why they try to assimilate as close as possible sure. to the actual thing. Because they know when you get out there, the biggest thing that they're, they have confidence in is that you can enact your training. And that that will connect to who you are as a person and you can function. So with me, to your question earlier, when I go out here talking to these young people in the community, I'm 100% guided by the spirit. I'll say that first. But there's always a ram in the bush for me. It's either somebody who knows me. Or something. And what I do is when I talk to these young kids, I don't tell them to stop what they're doing. No. I tell them, listen, if you're going to sell drugs, okay. But let me tell you what they're doing on this side, legislatively speaking. You know, they're giving out this much time for this. If you get caught as a validated gang member, they just passed a law that says you can automatically get a mandatory minimum of 10 years. I just want to paint this picture so that even though you're doing what you're doing, let me just show you the consequences of your action. However, if there's a point that you want to do this in a different fashion, if you want to make the same money minus the death and minus the prison, I can show you that. 
And when you're ready for that, if you want to, here got my card. And then you got people who meet them, and I hear them. They be like, man, somebody asked about you, and they be like, hey, man, I told them you were straight up. You was a good dude. You 100. Your integrity means so much out yeah. here. If I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I try to do it. If I can't do it, I don't tell you. And I just try to walk in such a way that the same way y'all see me in this room right now, mm-hmm. I'm the same way in the community. I'm just a little more joke-for in the community. I might say some jokes. Well, let's do a couple. No, not like <laughs> jokes. Not like jokes. Like, okay, I'll tell I you know what you're saying. One. No, tell you me one. Yeah, tell me one. I think, uh, let me see. Uh, I heard my homeboy say this. He said, if somebody gets shot in the living room, it's still a living room. I wouldn't know. It's not anymore because it's not living. It's just a, it's a dead room. So, <laughs> dead so, zone. so, so can two enemies sit on a love seat? Uh, oh, well, that's a good. Could two enemies sit in a love seat? I love that one too. You know what I'm it's yeah. just, but you know, show me, show me the love. <laughs> right. So it's just, it's just whatever the atmosphere shows me. I kind of connect to that. You know, I, I grew up in on Winston Road, Fort Bennett Road, Elizabeth County, Wilson. Uh, my family was everywhere. So when I go and people see me, I believe in the spirit of community. That And that's one of my biggest yeah. things. I want to revive the spirit of community. When you can come outside, see the children playing over there, you know, you drinking out the fire, the water uh, faucet outside. Yeah. You're not worrying about somebody going to speed through and shoot up because they're looking for this one person. And and, and I, a lot of these young people out here, they're on demon time and they're crashing out. Yeah. And that just simply means that they're not studying with who God is. They're they're gonna go for what they need to go for. And and you got real young people that'll shoot you just as quick as quick draw McGraw. Yeah. And I respect the code of the streets. I don't just act like I'm just this big old untouchable person. Right. But however, I just try to respect people where they are and let them know I'm not here to betray your trust. Because a lot of the people from where I'm from, they don't even know what hope is. Yeah, they don't. They never had it. Yeah, they, you they, never had no, it. And then, not, therefore, they they're living day. They're living in the moment. day to day. Yeah, and the, you got people on this side, and that's what I said at council. It's nothing wrong with you not knowing what's going on at this level, but when I get in the gap to bridge it and convey their message to you as our leaders or whoever, be willing to help. Don't. Say it for the camera. Don't say it for the audience or for people to say, oh, he's speaking good. We need people and not politicians. I, I, I totally agree. This is a state program, run program. Right. So that being said, how are they receiving? What is your, what's the, what, if we can wave a magic wand with the legislatures, the, the politicians, what would that be that they're listening to you. I mean, they're listening, they're nodding, they're, they bring gratuitous, say, you know, hey, Jerome, you're doing a great job, we love you, and get the pictures with you. I understand what you're saying. It becomes a big PR, perfect little poster. We don't yeah. want that. You want people to listen to what you're saying. This is the this is, this is is what's happening on the streets. Right. Um, so what would you say that these politicians need to change? Like, what are they not listening to? Well, if we need some help today. It seems like you're doing the right thing, leaving a card. You're not lecturing. You're you're giving them education and knowledge. You're giving them facts. Like, here's a facts, dude. Legislature says this is going to happen because clearly if they're in the moment every day, they don't know the don't consequence. Know. They don't know when they go spray that neighborhood and they get pegged later and somebody gets pinched for selling the dope on the other side as, you know, somebody's hyping over here or doing that. I'm using 80s vernacular here at my age here. But so what do you? The Bible says that my people perish because they have no knowledge. 
And so and we need we need these politicians to get knowledge. So what do what do you what are you saying? Are you like what are they not hearing you say? Well, they're it's it's hard. It's kind of like what we just said about the young child who don't know what hope is. Mm-hmm. On the other end, we got these people who don't know what true disparity is. Like I was just talking to Pam outside earlier. We come from a, a racist system. That's just the reality of it. Our country, our country was built on that. Mm-hmm. Cool, that's fine. We don't. We got to stop trying to clean the carpet. We need to rip the carpet up and put down new carpet. Because no matter who we get in office, we're still in the same old system. It's just one. You're it's thinking just a it more or less. Face. You're saying it's just a different face. Another a different year, face. Another so one, my yeah. thing is. If I can wave a wand and make anything happen, it would just be, and I know it probably would never happen because as many times as we had the opportunity to change it, we haven't changed it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of what can we do. It's what we should have done. We shouldn't have never said that the same people who this country was, the backs of the people who this country was built on, now we can't employ them if they got a record. Yeah. The 13th Amendment, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime. What does that mean? When I got my pardon, it said all civil disabilities have been restored. That means when you break the law, they take your citizenship. Mm-hmm. That's why they're able to treat you like that and work you for free and pay you a little bit of nothing, if anything. That's why they're able to do these things, because when you break the law, when slavery was mm-hmm. abolished, supposedly with the 13th Amendment, they came off the plantation. But after about two, three miles, it's like, stop. Who's going to feed us? Where are we going to work? You're free, but you're not citizens. So 14th Amendment ensured citizenship. Mm-hmm. 15th Amendment protected that. So now it's like you had to amend the Constitution to accept the whole person because they were three-fifths of a person, right? Right. So now, come all the way back to now, now our prison looks like plantations. Prison is the only thing that's never suffered a recession because it was always about convict leasing, making money off of these people. So you mean to tell me if our state can make millions of dollars a month off of inmate labor, do you think they really want to stop it? That's a, that's that's an interesting statement. I you know if you never I never really looked at it that way. Right. I mean it's it's uh, the face of incarceration is a lot, it's very it's the ethnic minority. Mm-hmm. And it, it's always has been in many cases. I grew up in Western New York, and a lot of times when I grew up, it was a lot of the Italians, or it would be some sec of somebody who committed, you know, certain crimes. You would see that, but then there's also the the the, the face of, of a black man, and then the Hispanic man today. And that, as you're saying, when you're incarcerated, you you learned a sport of soccer from some of your Hispanic, uh, I'll say, your compadres. That you met, yeah, I'm sure you met some good brothers, your yeah, brothers, yeah. yeah. And so. It, it's it's this systemic thing. It does. It gets passed from one generation to the next. You want to see it better than that. Because think about this. Yeah. Police officer, correction officer, don't. There's no way to say that we're dealing with a biased person because you can always hide behind the policy and the law. I fear for my life, so I shot him. I mean, right? that's what's you know being what said. Yeah. But you, you, as soon as you said, no, it was because he's black. No, no, no. He broke the law. I fear for my life. He was challenging me. It's, it's set up in such a way that you can hide your bias and prejudice. No matter who you is, black, white, it don't Even matter. Even somebody doesn't know, like, they're like, I don't hate someone for their color, but it's just that innate feeling or that moment that you're doing that. And through that, I think that you're, with you being able to explain this to some of these, you're being real to these these kids. Yeah. 
as you're getting down, are you getting at the gang level or are you trying all to levels. All, all levels. All levels. So that's pretty deep with, with cure violence. So you're getting in there. When you you get there, you you're trying to change the minds and that. We need but we still need help from this other end, which well, is the politicians. What what can is the adding more police gonna help? What what yeah, is it that yeah. say yeah, to explain well, it because think people don't understand. I mean we we need better police, but you could police all day long. You got a hundred policemen. Out of those hundred, who's connected to these communities that they're policing? Like I was in. Bill, I think of Billy Bush locally. I know him locally because he grew up in South Cloud of MLK, right across from right. Hawaii down there. Uh, you know, AJ, you know, AJ McClung. He grew up. Yeah. But you think about it. When you're dealing with children, you ain't never had a mom or dad that smoked drugs and sold drugs. You ain't never committed a robbery. Like we was talking about with Colin. Imagine if they legislatively passed the, the first offender and say, if you got locked up from 18 below, right, for whatever charge, and you did your time and got out and haven't gotten back in any other trouble, you can be incentivized by the first amendment, first offenders. You can be hired as a police officer, correction officer. It don't matter who. You can get hired. These are the peer-to-peer people we need to go out here in these communities. We don't need nobody to go out here and try to talk. I just, just to be honest, we don't need a white or black officer who's never been involved in anything like this in these communities and go out here to police them. There's no cultural connection there, right? Right. So what are you going to – you can't – okay, he's irate, he's mad, but if you know what crack does or if you know what lace weed or fentanyl or whatever, if you know what it does, if you've experienced that before or been around that, you can say, hey, I need an ambulance rather than let me put them in cuffs. You get what I'm saying? I, we I'm have loving to, this. So, if, yeah. Could you be the liaison then from those coming out of prison to do what you're doing to get more soldiers on the ground? Like you said, you, you're you trained like an army infantryman, and, you know, you know the, the routine. I mean, you, you trained it. Now you're in battle, in a sense, on the streets because you get the language. You, you know the territory. But you're right. There's so many people. I think the part of the problem is now we're – and God bless people who want to become a police officer now – to do it, but you see the recruiting people who never seen any of this, but they want to be the citizen of the law. They want to do it, but could a kid? They're going to see right through it. This guy, or this woman, or this guy, he's never shoot man. He doesn't understand my story. He doesn't know my plight. He, right. He's not here. Right. He's not here on the streets every day. So how the heck do they know? I can't count on them and trust. But do we we employ you with cure violence and get the boots on the ground? That's what cure violence is about. They're using people from these same backgrounds yeah. to hire them through the DPH system, West Central Health District. You know, they change rec- they change the requisites for people like myself to be hired because they understand the importance of using people like myself to go out in these communities because we have that buy-in. And also training them to understand that we need to treat violence like a disease, you know, instead of just trying to go in and fix the situation and put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Let's try to understand why these people are, are doing the behaviors that they're doing, right? Right. And one of the scriptures that I love the best is, all, in all I get in getting an understanding. We have to have an understanding. We have to have people who are willing to understand. Then once you understand, be understanding enough to have compassion. To look at somebody else who don't have what you have, never came from where you come from, and, and try to some degree to be empathetic to their situation, right? right. How can 70% of pe- 
me and Locked Up right now come from a single-parent household. That's and most true. of those households were women, right? Mm-hmm. I am trying to reestablish men in our community because that's what we need. On every turn, we're either locked up, we're we feminized, yeah. Yeah. killed, or uh, something. And what you're saying, yep. And, what, and, 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 and people say, well, we're at this point now. And I'm just like, if you look at the past, when we had stronger families, we did better as a country. Yeah. But now the homes are divided. Our children are getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And to me, in my heart, there should be a line drawn in the sand. When it comes to women, kids, and elders, we should all have some kind of conviction to say, hey, let's, let's, but we, we, we see that the respect for life is dwindling down. And that's because people aren't, they don't understand the value of who they are, right? Right. And when I go and talk to these young people, they got potential, they're smart, and they can do so much, but it's just, the chicken in the, the the eagle in the chicken coop store. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been convinced that you're a chicken, but you're an eagle. And it's sometimes like with my life, I thought I was a chicken, but I was an eagle. But prison brought the eagle out of me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Adverse yeah. environments challenged me. God had to remove me from this situation. And allow me, because prison was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, it, and that's how I was just listening. It's not like we're encouraging kids to go to prison, but in some cases, it saved your life probably. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you can't reverse your decision, right? Right. right. When I speak to people who may have a warrant or already in certain stuff, the momentum is already there. We can't stop a train. But what I can do is when it derails, we just need to be ready to help the people who are going to be affected. Because there are certain things that are going on right now in our city that we're not going to get in front of and stop. How can people listening right now support? What do we need to do? Um, they can reach out and contact. Uh, they can go on the DPH website, westcentralhealthdistrict.com, and then look up Cure Violence. And I think they have a, a, a volunteer application link on there somewhere. And uh, you can get in contact with myself, Dr. Asante, uh, I mean, Reggie Lewis and Cedric Hill. And they can contact Pam. Anybody who's involved with Cure Violence, they can contact them. But the biggest thing is the uh, West Central Health District uh, dot com website because that'll bring you up, bring you straight to Cure Violence. And I'm on two billboards. You got the Cure Violence social media page, my personal uh, Jerome Lawson Facebook page. Um, reach out however you want, and what people can do, we can, we are hiring people with my particular type backgrounds or gang related backgrounds. Yeah. Or we we can we can use volunteers. I got a lot of people who are contacting me about just volunteering, want to support what we're doing. Because the biggest thing is this: you said it earlier. I'm a seed planter. Mm-hmm. My my mind is not to change your mind. I just want to sow it. One plant of one, uh, one soil, one plant. God get an increase, right? I just want to plant the seed there. How many have you yeah. seen change? How many of these seeds have been watered right now that you've seen actually maybe turn around? Uh, a lot. I got a lot of people who right now, because this didn't just start with cure violence with me. Mm-hmm. When I got out of prison, I was already doing community work. I had a program called Bridge the Gap with the Muskogee County Jail Valley Ministry with Safe House Ministries. I had a program in there where guys were mandated to go through my program for six yeah. weeks. I've been doing this type of work in the community. So you've exercised this to to uh, at, at a level now that it has become now this not is a non nonprofit cure violence right, yeah right. and so i i'm just uh i'm hoping that people keep to really listen to this that could get behind this does it need 
funding, the funding would be what maybe is there certain things you take some of these young men, if there's ever an opportunity, is it more than just going, bumping them on the street or do you just kind of gather them together say, hey, look, come to community center tonight. We're going to have pizza and wings. Uh, well, just listen to me talk. A lot of re- resources. Uh, we're well established with the 211 registry. Like people can call in there, but we also have a lot of partners like United Way. We got Bridge, the GED program now. Yeah, there. gotcha. Okay. Goodwill. Yeah. We have a lot of partners that, and this is what Cure Violence does. Like we know economics, poverty, and, 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 and uh, what's the other one? And, and, um, Job, no, jobs is economic, education. Education. Those yeah. are the three things that affect uh, violence. When people are unemployed, don't have nowhere to stay, and Lack uh, don't education. have a job, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we bridge them with the resources that we have available. So if they need housing, we we working with United Way to get them housing. Whatever they need to try to change the, the quality of life. And we connect them with them resources, but the thing is, we want to connect them with resources that are able to help and that will help. We don't need nobody talking, saying right. this is what right. we do. We want to be able to get results because that gives us the data that we need to track to see what we need to either change or kind of keep implementing. Right. But um, yeah, we we connect the people with the resources that they need to change their situation and to help them and show them that we're really trying to help. And it's great because uh, you know, landing this note here, and you got we have a link right here at the bottom of the page, so you can get more information on cure violence and all the great work that you're doing. I want other cities to hear this. I want other people out there that are inspired that want to make a difference. Stop complaining. Stop bitching about it. Maybe here's a chance that uh, uh, somebody listening to this today could get behind that effort and help somebody else, like Jerome Lawrence in their area, their neighborhood, their city, and and see what they can do to help support whether it is. Uh, you're going to be taking calls in a two-on-one or it's whatever it may be in your uh, – check your local United Way, check your local state office or Depart- Department of Public Health, whatever it may be like ours here locally that we're doing this podcast, which is which is great. And know that, you know, I always think of too, I think Christ ministered to those who were the, the prisoners or those who were the the ones that were uh, that, that were criminals. And, he and uses the base things of the world to confound the wise. Right, and you said it the best. Amen to that. I mean, I think you you were chosen to do this. Boy, keep doing what you're doing, Jerome. I want you to come back, and man, we're gonna we're gonna talk some more about this. I'm gonna see where where this is going, and 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 keep up the good work. You've been at it now for how many years? I got in prison in 2008. At least since 2010. There you go. I mean, you're oh. talking 13 years, going into 13 years, over uh-huh. a decade of this, and uh, making some changes, and, and certainly you're doing a good thing. we okay. got to get behind this because politicians are not going to change. People's mindsets are going to change. It is, you know, I hate to say it is what it is. It's going to take people to get at the grassroots and, and do what you're doing right now. So, yeah. I mean, and uh, again, this is this is a community effort that everybody yeah. must get behind. Your violence is a global nonprofit and basically, Cedric and Reg- Cedric here, Reggie Lewis, they kind of reached out and they did an assessment to get here violence here. It's all over the world. All over. Yeah. It's just different. You know, every city and state is different. That's it. But, we, yeah, people need to get behind it because if you want to be safe and you want to have a thriving community, that means that we're all responsible and we got to be involved. That's right. There's no other choice. So, uh, Jerome, keep up the good work. We're going to have you come back. I really need to know. Uh, how this is all going. I think this is so critical. This is the answer to so many different things that people are hearing about. It's yes. it's beyond the scope of you know, more policing. We got to get better. Pl- I, let's get to let's cut to cut to the chase. And you did that for us today. I appreciate that perspective. And if you want to learn more about this, 
check out this nonprofit. Just go to WRBL.com. You can see the video portion of the Jerome. <laughs> Lawson, yes, not sir. Lawrence. It's Lawson. Okay. And, and what we're going to do is uh, you can check it out on the audio files, uh, Spotify, iHeart, Audible, Apple, uh, YouTube. We're video on there as well, streaming as we are at WRBL.com. And social media, you can catch these clips, which are great, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All here for you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Cure violence. Thank you. We can do it together.